Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back or welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. We've got a lot of new listeners lately. Hello, hello. I am Elizabeth Benton and super grateful that you are spending some of your time with me. For a while now, I've been wanting to kick off a How They Did It series, highlighting some of the folks I'm working with in the 12 Weeks to Transformation and what changes they've made, as well as how they've made them, the tools that have worked for them. And the thing I love about these conversations is that everybody is a little bit different and there are some undeniable common themes. So I'm excited to share one of those conversations with you today. The woman you're going to hear from today, when I asked her what was going on in her life prior to joining the 12 Weeks to Transformation? Like, what was it that she wanted that made her consider working together through this process? And she said, you know, life was good, but I kind of wasn't. You know, she had this sense of feeling a little depressed, even though everything was pretty okay. And she wanted life to be great. She wanted to put behind her struggles that she felt like she had been wrestling with for a really long time. And she talks very candidly and openly about specific things she started doing differently in her thoughts and in her actions that I know will resonate with so many people who are struggling. And one of the themes that comes up in this and many other conversations that I want to share with you in the coming weeks is this idea of our thoughts and our beliefs. I love the quote from Wayne Dyer that says, a belief is just a thought we keep thinking. A belief is just a thought we keep thinking. And one of the things that you'll hear in today's episode is that she had a thought about failure and letting herself down. And a lot of people operate this way when it comes to change, and they feel like a decision to change should be enough, right? I've decided to make this change in my behavior. I've decided to make this change in the way that I think, or in my morning routine, or the way I spend money, or the way I eat. And if I don't see it through, I screwed up, I dropped the ball, I let myself down, why bother? And she, through the tools in the 12 Weeks to Transformation, and she'll detail some of the ones that were most effective for her, she shifted her perspective to one of practice. One of practice. Instead of, I've decided I should nail it, and when I misstep, I've dropped the ball and I've messed up, to, this is something I'm practicing. 
and practice is not perfect. It's a really, really powerful discussion about how she recognized that she was in the gap. We talked about the gap, I think, in episode 683. If you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back and do so. But she recognized that there was a gap between the way she wanted to be living and the way she was living. And I asked her very candidly, you know, what did you do to close that gap? What did you do to improve your marriage, to improve your relationship with your family, to improve your thoughts about your performance at work, to improve your finances as well as your health? And she shares so honestly about how she changed the way she was thinking and the way that that impacted the way she was choosing. I know you're going to get so much out of this and I'm so grateful every time one of my clients is willing to open up and share their journey and share their ups and downs and their process with all of us because where one person has an opportunity to change, we all have an opportunity to grow. And one of the reasons that I'm sharing these conversations at this time is because registration is opening up for our winter 12 weeks to transformation. It kicks off the first Sunday in January, which for 2020 is the 5th. So we start on Sunday, January 5th, but registration opens up this week so that you can uh, get all prepared and ready to go so that we can get your identity journal out in the mail to you and have it arrive before our kickoff. If you want to learn more about the 12 Weeks to Transformation, if you want to learn what it includes, and how to work with me, head over to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. There's a lot of information on how it works as well as how to register. All of that stuff you can find either on the show notes for today's episode or by going right to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. But a lot of folks just need the tools. You know, they have the knowledge, They know what to do, but the tools are what help us put it into action. And some of the tools we use in the 12 Weeks to Transformation are that identity journal that I just mentioned. We send that out in the mail to you. It's a physical journal. Uh, The daily coaching audios, seven days a week, you get a short coaching message from me that helps you re-engage with your life, with your goals, with the process. We have weekly challenges. We have coaching webinars where I'm on there answering questions, helping you through any challenges that you have or any struggles or any areas of uncertainty or things you want to improve and many, many, many more. Space is limited. I do limit the number of people that I work with every single quarter, but I would love to work with you if you're feeling like those tools would be valuable, that support and accountability would be valuable, head over to primalpotential.com forward slash transform, or you can go to the show notes for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 693. And without any further delay, I'm excited to share with you this conversation about how she did it, the tools she used to close the gap and eliminate drama from the process. Enjoy. What was going on in your life prior to joining the 12 Weeks to Transformation that got you to the point where you were curious, where you were like, this might be good? What, what put you in that place? Yeah. Um, so I was, um, honestly, like the word I would probably use was depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, my 
I was just feeling like I was working really hard at work and I was spinning my wheels and I wasn't feeling like I was getting anywhere with that. Um, I was feeling like I, you know, was on this weight loss slash fitness journey and it was progressing, but then I was kind of stuck and I was looking at my, you know, my relationship with my husband and my relationship with my kids and just feeling like I was working really, really hard and not seeing the, the flip side of that. Um, and just feeling really frustrated. And I think, you know, now that I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, I think I was definitely like in the gap and that was totally like, I could see where I wanted to be, but I was not there. And that was just incredibly frustrating. Um, and I actually have, um, I have used Weight Watchers for years um, and I more use it for the, the connect slash social side of it and have sure. like a group of people that I, you know, communicate with regularly. And a bunch of them were referencing your podcast and your book, Chasing Cupcakes. And I am, I am a teacher by trade. Therefore I am a learner and I'm always excited to learn more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so kind of dove into those things and like, I just remember it was this past summer and I had had this previous, my previous pattern. We, my family has this lake house and we always go there and we would go and I'd eat, I'd make really solid food choices all week. And then we'd go to the lake house and I would eat like total garbage and feel horrible by the end of the weekend and come home and be like, Oh, why do I always do this? Yeah. And I was listening to chasing cupcakes and you were talking about the stories that we tell ourselves. And I was like, this is like my favorite place in the whole world. Um, I love being here. This is where I'm with my family. I'm with my kids. Like everything's relaxed. There's no, like we have to be in a place kind of thing. Like I need a different story here. And that weekend I went there with the mindset of, I can make choices that make me feel fabulous at the place I love the most. Mm. And I repeated it to myself all weekend (laughs) and it worked. And I was like, oh, there's something to this. Like me being able to say to myself, like, here's this place that I love and I want to feel fabulous here. What do I need to do? And the, you know, quote unquote, simple thing was just this mindset tweak of, nope, I can feel fabulous in the place that I love the most, like did that. And so then I was kind of like, okay, how do I, how do I, how do I go more all in? (laughs) What did your choices look like in terms of a difference, right? Because Oh man, do I relate to that on so many levels. Sometimes I would, for most of my life, go on vacation or go away for the weekend and it was like a free for all because, hey, things are different. But I never really stopped to acknowledge that I felt really crappy yeah. <laughs> when I lived that way. Like, yeah, I love food and there are many indulgences that taste good, but I was overlooking this piece of the puzzle that I felt really tired and I didn't feel good in my skin and I didn't feel good in my clothes. And I felt overall just like I lacked trust in my ability to live life with any kind of standards or any kind of discipline. So with that mantra, what did you notice that shifted for you? Yeah. Well, I mean, it looked very much like like five days a week, I would eat mostly protein, fruits, vegetables, um, and not a lot of processed foods. Like that's how we typically eat at my house. And that is how when I feel my best, that is how I eat. 
And I would go to the lake and it would be like, you know, my mom would make margaritas and then we would have, um, you know, chips and dip and it would be cheese and crackers and like all of these much richer foods that I just didn't usually consume. And I think what helped me in that space immediately was this idea of I can make fabulous choices. And if I want a piece of cheese and cracker, I'm going to have one. But can I sit here and actually like taste it? Can I actually like chew it and like notice what I'm eating? Because like one, you know, cheese and cracker or whatever um, isn't going to make me feel terrible. But when I don't pay attention to it and I eat 15, then I am going to feel terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, and And the other piece of that is when you're not paying attention to it, you're not even enjoying it for the reasons that you're eating it. You've missed out on it. And oh my gosh, that feeling of it's all gone and I missed it that then would drive me to eat something else because I was physically satisfied, but I wasn't psychologically satisfied because I hadn't been paying attention. I love that. That simple slowdown to like, am I fully here for this? Am I still really enjoying it? Is it still worth it? And evaluating that because it's a moving target. Right. And that to me, like, so as a child, um, I've always been a very fast eater. Like that just, and I think it's partially, it's just the like, how much food can I eat as quickly as I can? And um, since I I have children, I have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old, my eating habits have not slowed down since then. Um, And, but when I, what I, you know, when I am mindful and when I slow down and that sometimes just looks like I take a bite and I put my stupid fork down while I'm chewing as opposed to preparing for the next one, um, that in and of itself, I make better choices and I make more mindful choices. So just the act of slowing down eating makes it so much better. (sighs) I love that. And it's true for me too. So that's what brought you to the 12 weeks to transformation. Tell me a little bit about what you've experienced in it. What, what has been helpful? What tools have you developed? What has it changed for you? Um, well, I would say number one, the fact that I'm even talking to you on this podcast would be a change in myself because I tend to be a total introvert and Mm -hmm. the idea of putting something out there about myself, like it's a challenge and it's uncomfortable for me. But if somebody can learn something from something that I've experienced, then I want to help. Um, one, it's been, it's been a really amazing experience in that, like when we started like that first week of just like noticing things was really great. And then in week three, when it was the like, are your thoughts in alignment with your goals? Where I kind of had this like, oh no moment of like, they're not because I have this goal of, you know, I want to be, you know, I want to be this kind of a mom or I want to be this kind of a, you know, I want to be this way at work or I want to weigh this much or, you know, my clothing to be this size. And then like, I would do something that didn't quite match that. And my thoughts would be these incredibly like, oh, you stink. I'm not sure why you're bothering. Like this doesn't work. And it was totally like naming that for myself initially was like incredibly painful because it was like, oh, this is why this isn't working for me. Yeah. Taking responsibility is tough. Yeah. Like that's rough. And it's not like in a really, really good way. Yeah. Um, But it is like when you suddenly notice like, oh, this is where I am. Um, And what was incredibly useful then was like that next week of using the word practice in my affirmations 
mm-hmm. made them something that I could say that I was actually doing. And like, yeah, no, practicing doesn't mean that I'm always there and it's always perfect. Practice means that I'm learning and I'm trying. And so I transitioned into these affirmations that made more sense to me and were, were more aligned in my thoughts. Um, a tool that I've found incredibly useful is journaling. Um, and in the past I had journaled, I, I had tried to keep a journal like a million and a half times and it never, never quote unquote took. Um, I think partially because I was trying to journal at night, um, and the swap to taking three minutes in the morning just to jot down my affirmations for the day, what I really wanted to accomplish, what I really wanted to focus on was such a game changer in how I started my day. And now I typically end my day like reflecting back and taking about five minutes to write something down about how my day went. But sometimes I don't. But if I don't have the like couple minutes in the morning, then I get thrown off. Like it's not as productive of a day. So as long as I have my like three minutes in the morning, then I'm like, that really helps set a tone for me, like for the day. And I have those like words in my head that I want to repeat to myself when there's different moments that pop up. You know, I'm glad you brought up journaling and and also affirmations really. And the idea of practice, three things that I think get misunderstood a lot, right? When people commit to change, they feel like it's an all or nothing proposition and they have totally dropped the ball, let themselves down. They're a failure. They suck this, that, the other thing. If they don't hit it out of the park and they're not perfect. But the truth is learning anything and the act of creating change is learning a new pattern of behavior requires practice. And for anybody who's learned a language or learned an instrument or learned a new trade, you know that you make all sorts of mistakes along the way and they're not screw-ups. They're where you needed to learn something, right? They're where you have an opportunity to say, oh, when I do it like this, this happens. But when I do it like this, that happens. And when we shift that perspective from like, oh, because I made a decision, I should somehow now be saintly and perfect to every act of change, whether it's mindset, whether it's choices, whether it's behaviors, learning an instrument requires that we practice and practice by nature is imperfect. Then all of a sudden it's a way more enjoyable journey. Oh yeah. No, that was incredibly useful. And what then it helped me do was then kind of pivot to the next level because Mm -hmm. then I could say I'm practicing in this space. And now like one of the affirmations that I use regularly is that I take impeccable care of myself and that, but then I, I've gone further than just that, but then I've defined that as like, I eat slowly and make mindful choices and I'm present in those moments and I track what I eat honestly. And it, and it's not a value, like, and the other affirmation that I use a lot is that I am values driven and data informed, Mm. um, and how the affirmations are the values that are pushing me forward and where I want to be and what I want to do. But I have to look at the data that I'm collecting along the way. Um, and like, I, I am somebody who weighs in daily and it's just a, like, let me check in in the morning and this is where I am. And I move on with my day. Um, but it is data that lets me know like, okay, where am I in this space of where I want to be? And food tracking to me is another tool that's like, it's not about the judgment that's associated with it. It's just 
what do I know? What is the data telling me? And is this doing what I want to do? Is this taking impeccable care of myself? And am I going to feel my best in order to be the mom that I want to be to my kids and the wife that I want to be to my husband? Like, do I want, am I in that space where I can do those things? Um, and I have to collect the data along the way and being able to put those things in perspective was like really critical. Yeah. And you know, what a lot of people do as an operating system is, is look away from mm-hmm. the data yep. because they have not practiced making it observation without judgment and instead jump right to criticism. Not yep. because the critical view is the only view or the true view. It's just the one they've rehearsed the most. So that too can be a practice. I am practicing facing the data without the drama right? And yep. it's not just about food. I do this with finances. Yep. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. So I get, you know, all sorts of like medical bills in this mm-hmm. in the mail. And the other day there was like three bills that came one from the hospital, one from the doctor's office, one from a lab on the same day. And my first thought was, I don't even want to know, you know, like <laughs> I, I just yep. don't want to know. But in that moment, I'm like, you know what? This is an opportunity to practice facing data without drama. It is what it is. If I avoid it, it doesn't suddenly change. It doesn't go away. Now there's just an unanswered question in my mind of like, well, what's those bills? You know, how much are they for? And the same thing is true whether we're talking about opening up the credit card statement, looking at the number on the scale, trying on those genes. We need to get better at observing the data without the drama. Nothing changed because you now know what the number is. It's not now a different situation and we can see that and be neutral. Yep. So, this is just a reflection of like what, what's going on in my life or what's going on in my finances or what's going on with my body. And I think that is so huge. I want to talk about journaling for a second because I agree with you. It's one of those simple things I do. And I'm glad you said like three minutes because honestly, a lot of days my journaling is two to three minutes and not more. And sometimes I feel a little, you know, chatty and it's more, but usually it's just a couple minutes. What that does for me is it stops me from just going through the motions. Yep. What is it that journaling helps you with? I think the biggest thing I've gotten out of journaling is it helps me find the tangible, here's the thing I'm actually going to do today that's going to help me live the life that I want to live. Um, when you had us write our letters at the beginning of the 12 weeks, I wrote this incredibly like goal-oriented letter, but there was no tangible, here's how this path is going to go. <laughs> And I think that's where I'm listening to Atomic Habits now. And I totally think that this, what I have in the past, the habit that I have had is that I set crazy goals. I don't think about the system that's going to get me there. And then I don't meet my goal. And then I'm irritated and feel crummy. And that what journaling has done is for me to like, look back at it and say like, this is how I want to live my life today this is what that looks like. This is what I'm going to accomplish. This is what I'm going to focus my energy on. These are the things that I really want to do today that is going to make me feel productive. That's going to make me feel like I accomplished something and that I'm moving in the direction of, you know, where I want to be. Because otherwise it stays in the realm of aspiration and like hope and wish. So 
what would you say to somebody who can totally relate to everything you said and can totally relate to the the frustrations, the all or nothing, the disengaging, the not paying attention, the desire to break out of the funk where like life is good, but it doesn't feel very good. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what would you say to somebody who's like, I feel that way, but I'm not so sure about investing in myself. I'm not so sure about taking this action step in my life. So the number one thing that I would say is like, if you're not investing in yourself, then like you can't invest in others or in your work or in any of the things that you want to do. Like your cup is only, you are only able to give to others as much as you are able to your, what your capacity is. Yeah. And like for me, I, like I said, I'm a teacher. I am a mother. I am, I am so, I am, I very much define who I am by the roles that I play in relation to others. So service and giving are like high on my list of priorities. And I was not, I was not serving people and my family the way that I wanted to because my cup was so empty because I had so, you know, depleted my own personal resources. And so the, and, and I'd also say that like, yes, you know, financially that can be tricky, but like time investment wise, this has not been a crazy time investment. Like I was worried about that given the number of things that I do all the time. And really it's, it's, it's reasonable and it's manageable. And by, you know, again, like coming back to the journaling by taking three minutes in the morning, I am then more productive during the day and I accomplish more on my things that I would have done versus on the days when I don't journal in the morning. And then I'm like, what did I even do today? Like, where am I? Um, And so by investing in myself, which again is like outside of the realm of things I would normally do, um, you know, now I'm able to give to my kids the way that I want to. I'm able to better be the wife that I want to be able to be. Like I'm better at at my work. I'm better able to focus on the things that I need to focus on there. Um, And it's just really helped me also just like celebrate the things that are going well. Yeah. And just be aware that like, you know, this gap that I was living in of like, I wanted something so crazy far out of the way. Like, well, actually I wasn't that crazy far out of the way, but because I was so busy, like looking, like looking somewhere else that I couldn't even see where I was. That's so powerful. And, and you just answered my last question, which is, you know, what has changed for you? But you're saying, you know, it's impacted your role as a parent and your role as a, as a spouse and your role at work and the way you take care of yourself. And I agree with you that taking both time and money to make ourselves better has an exponential impact on the improvement of other areas of our lives. Like it's, it's one of the things that I think is paramount for happy anything, right? Mm-hmm. Happy family, a happy career. We've got to make ourselves better so that we can take other areas of our lives to the next level. And you've articulated that so brilliantly. I am honored to be a small part of your journey and to, to see this change in you. And, and I love so many of your mantras, you know, I, I, I love that you're driven by that data, that you're not looking for it. And, and your, your values are part of that, right? Like the values 
go hand in hand with the data. That's so powerful. And I'm just tremendously grateful for your willingness to share. I'm an introvert too. And uh, you said, you know, if somebody could benefit from this, I know for sure that whether it's struggling with that feeling of, of mild depression or lack of fulfillment despite life being good, or it's, you know, related to food or money, so many people will be able to relate to that. So thank you for being willing to share it. Yeah, well, thank you. It has been my pleasure and I'm excited to see where you go from here. I know, I can't wait. I'm super excited. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.